not by the world that the elders have given them. They see too much hypocrisy in it. They see too many things that are wrong with it. And I think that the elders are going to have to realize that they simply can no longer browbeat youth into following its established path. Welcome to Sunset Politics. Uh, we are not in the studio that we have been in for the past few episodes, so we're recording this on Zoom. Uh, so the audio may be maybe a bit bit worse than normal, but uh, uh, we're we're doing our best. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm Story, and I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts. I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Molly. And today we're going to be talking about a couple things. We're going to be talking about uh, the January sixth hearings. Um, probably the broader topic of January 6th, uh, and then probably the broader topic of the American presidency, and specifically like President Biden's approval ratings nowadays. Yeah, let's get right into it. This week, we had another uh, January 6th hearing, um, or like, yeah, hearing of the committee. Um, It was very interesting. Uh, There he like witness actually wasn't there because his wife went into labor and so they kind of had to think on their feet and um you know like pull clippings from previous interviews but it was very interesting the general topic was focusing on um like if trump was um like aware of the fact that he lost pretty much like if at any point trump seemed to um understand that he genuinely lost and like it like how much he was kind of uh playing this guise of oh the election was stolen in front of the people closest to him at the hearing and it was very interesting marco Giuliani or whatever his face's name is was apparently very drunk during the whole thing and they were talking about that and how that affects like credibility and stuff if either of you have thoughts (laughs) not about him being Uh, drunk just about the hearing (laughs) in general I mean it's a free country okay Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but uh, it seems like the answer that came to was yes absolutely he did know that um that he had lost that even John Eastman, the the crazy lawyer guy that tried to convince him to, to go along with the the plan to get Pence to not certify the electors that he knew it was illegal. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's, that's basically the conclusion they come to. And I just to clarify like what this exactly means. Um, the hearing is from a, a committee established by the house, um, which has, Seven Democrats, two Republicans, because those are the only two Republicans that wanted to to go along with it. Um, and uh, yeah, essentially, so essentially, it's just a a House committee. Uh, it doesn't have any legal authority to charge anyone with crimes. They do have the ability to make a recommendation to the Justice Department, which would likely be taken seriously. Um, and there was actually a while ago there was a judge that made a ruling that um, Trump likely did commit a crime uh, through. Uh, attempting to, I believe it was attempting to defraud the United States and something else, and some kind of contempt charge. Um, 
when they were basically were trying to get subpoenas for records of John, I believe phone records of John Eastman. Uh, a judge ruled that, yeah, you can get the, the records because it's likely that there was a crime. So the House committee itself isn't going to lead to lead to anything, but it could later down the line. Um, and so that's what this hearing is kind of for, is for the, the House committee to, to really show what they've gathered. And there's also going to be a final report le- released in like October um, that shows everything that they found. So that's that's what this is, and that's what they found. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> um, just a little bit of background on January sixth. I feel like most people kind of know what it is, know the aftermath, but don't maybe know how the whole attack on the Capitol actually started. And so basically, on that day, January sixth, two thousand twenty-one, um, there was a joint session of Congress in which. Um, Congress was affirming the presidential election results, and so people were voting in favor of the results or against them, which, as we know now, a lot of Republican senators and representatives were voting against the election results. Um, And what's interesting um, is that some of them actually changed their vote after the attack because of feeling embarrassed about what these people had done. But essentially, there was a speech by President Trump that same day with a lot of his supporters. And he said, we're going to march down. I'll be there with you. I'm not trying to quote him exactly. This is just paraphrasing. And so before his speech was even over, a big group of people marched down to the Capitol. It was a lot of Proud Boys. So a lot of white supremacist groups were there. Um, I don't know all the names of them because obviously we're not trying to give them any attention. But that's just one example. And they started pushing more and more into the Capitol, um, like up the steps and the police officers that were there. So the Capitol police were having a really hard time pushing them back. And eventually some of them made it up, um, up into the Capitol steps, like the very top part and were able to break a window open and got in that way. Um, And they were confronted with a few officers inside, but obviously because of their political stance, a lot of them were armed with weapons. And I know there was one man walking around with a giant spear, spear, yeah. And I, had, I think it had like an American, it was like an American flagpole, but it was a spear and there was like a flag on it. It was very odd, um, but yeah, they were able to get into the building and they started trying to look for the senators and representatives to scare them essentially. And maybe even worse, we don't really know. Um, And also, if you want to know more about January 6th in general, I have two documentaries I actually have watched that I think are super duper good. Um, One of them does require HBO Max, but the other one is on YouTube. The first one is Four Hours at the Capitol. I actually watched this again last night, and that's the one on HBO Max. It's super good. It's very detailed, and it gives you a lot of interviews of people from both sides, even people who were there protesting. Um, A couple of documentary makers that were there, whether they were on the side of the rioters or not. And then the other one is the Day of Rage from the New York Times. Um, And I think that one is about 40 minutes long. And that one's also very good. I definitely recommend. But um, essentially what happened in the end is they were able to get um, the Congress people out of the building, or at least all the senators. Um, But on the House floor, it sounds like there were still some people up in the balconies. And so some of the protesters were able to get in and almost through the doors, but they had, I think, I don't know what they were. I think they were either like secret police or something at the doors with their guns drawn, basically saying, if you guys come in here, we will shoot you because there are people here in this room who we have to protect. Cause they were the, 
rioters were able to get into the Senate chamber, but luckily it was fully empty. They were able to evacuate everybody before they were. And um, the, I think both of those documentaries, maybe only the HBO Max one, show the moments where VP Mike Pence was pulled off of the stage, like just yanked off because they had heard that they were in the building and it was an immediate threat to him. Um, and just a few stats, these are all from ju the Justice Department. Um, so this attack cost $1.5 million worth of damage just to the inside, I think, of the building. Um, and there were over 725 um, people arrested as a result. It sounds like the FBI was working um, to get more and more people arrested. Um, and it sounds like more than 200 in like 20 people or defendants have been charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees, which is a bit ironic because a lot of those people that were there have very strong beliefs in back the blue, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically support for police officers. But if you watch the documentaries, you can also see how they were verbally assaulting the police officers, saying that they work for them, um, that they were trash, that they were traitors. Um, and they actually injured over a hundred police officers on that day. Um, so that's just super interesting. Sorry, that was long. I just wanted to give a little bit of background, but yeah, back to you all. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, I was very informative. I didn't know um, all of that. So thank you. Um, yeah, so the this week's hearing specifically, as we mentioned, was kind of focusing on if Trump had prior knowledge, which was yes, um, he did. Uh, and it also revealed, I believe that this was this week, but it could have been earlier, that um, Trump created a... Uh, like a like a fund and was getting money from supporters uh I don't remember the name exactly but it was like the uh, the election defense fund or something like that and pretty much asking for money in order to um you know claim that the election was rigged and that um you know he was the real winner of the election um and it was discovered that this fund doesn't exist it never existed there was absolutely like it it was all fake and the they raised i think a uh, 150 or 180 something about around that um million dollars from supporters and it went to places um such as like the trump towers he gave it to one of his uh like colleagues uh like businesses um and most interestingly he gave money to uh the organization that originally organized the protest on january 6th before it turned into a riot because um originally there was like a in organized protest that like the capital was aware was going to happen um and then things got very uh intense things kind of took a turn and people rioted um so it's very interesting that the president has direct monetary links to um the january 6th riots as well as you know kind of the infamous uh like i think like stand by and stand ready or like something like something like that it's very it's very um incriminating and we'll see where where it all goes. 
Yeah, the it was stand back and stand by. It was like literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was at one of the debates. He was asked like, "What do you think of the Proud Boys?" He says, "Proud Boys stand back and stand by," and then we all kind of just like let like we didn't really talk about that. We just kind of like moved on. Mm. Um, that was crazy. I can't believe we let that slide. <laughs> You know that, like, you've reached a low point as a country when you're just, like, yeah, we're just going to let our president support literal, like, white supremacist Nazis on national television and be okay with it. Like, okay, I guess I, guess I shouldn't say we should be, like, surprised because yay, America. <laughs> Sorry, but, like, <laughs> I guess I had a little bit, <laughs> my expectations <laughs> weren't that low before, and they, they got lower. <laughs> Well, and something that's interesting, Sam, that you just like kind of like sparked in my mind is the the HBO Max documentary. There was one of the guys who was interviewed was a Proud Boys member, and he he was talking about how to be a member you have to be male and you have to share in like certain values, and it was like I don't know, just like very like shady. And then it was also interesting because story reminded me of this too in the documentary. It all this is basically a promo for this documentary, <laughs> but they were talking about how when he gave that like message to them like we love you you're special go home uh they played it like one of the people there had like a megaphone or whatever it's called and like played it on that and what's interesting is some of the people didn't listen they were like screw that we're gonna keep going like this is our house like we like they like wronged us like there was election fraud everywhere and it's crazy because so many of these people genuinely again like believe that there was election fraud even though what I was going to say I found most interesting is that uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr talked about how there was no election fraud found and how there it was just BS is literally a quote of what he said um, that there was even like speculation about that. Um, and what's also interesting is that um, former White House, I think she was an advisor, uh, Trump's daughter Ivanka talked about how she accepted what former Attorney General Bill Barr had said and seemed like she wasn't trying to fight with it because she almost made it sound like at first she was a little bit hesitant, but when she heard it from him, was like, oh, okay, that's what happened and accepted it and moved on. Where her father, not that she said this, but obviously from January 6th, as well as the different hearings had not accepted that and was listening to, listening to conspiracy theories rather than what his own um, cabinet was telling him and different people in his inner circle were saying. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, um, it's been a thing that Trump's done for a while. I think there was like uh, there was something back with like the Emmys, like ten years ago, where he like distrusted <laughs> the results of the Emmys, um, and then like before 2016, he was like, uh, yeah, it's gonna be fraudulent. There's gonna be a bunch of like one of the first things he said after he got into office was that like um, a million like illegal immigrants voted, which wasn't true, um, and then like you know before 2020, he was like all these mail-in ballots are gonna be fraudulent. Um, so it's 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 kind of been a persistent thing with his character, and it just it really came to a head on January sixth, I think. Yeah, for sure. I know that um, uh, on on election night they were talking about uh, you know, mail in ballots versus in per in person in person voting because um, typically uh, Republicans lean more towards or like they opt more for uh, in-person voting and Democrats tend to lean more towards uh, like uh, mail-in voting or other forms of voting. And so the results on election day are not always accurate. Um, Trump knew this. He still 
lost on election day in Arizona, which was like a very big thing because uh, I think he was expecting to win Arizona. And when the results came in, even with the in-person voting that he had lost, uh, you know, he still was like, no, like I want to go out and call the elections for tonight. And everyone around him was like, dude, like, no, like I really don't think we should do that. Um, this specific person I don't remember his name but it's the dude whose wife went into labor um he would he told oh steep steepin steepin yeah 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 yeah. so something like that um he was like yeah um I think it's too early to do that dude like you just lost in a major swing state but he still wanted to call the election on election night despite the fact that he was losing and there were still votes to be counted have to yeah, say one yeah, last thing um, oh yeah sorry it's really it's i think it's hilarious you no, guys please stop. share i think it's funny well apparently when fox news i think was one of the first to call arizona as in biden yeah yeah had won, and trump was so mad that he went and called i think his name's bill salmon and he was the managing editor for fox news um and it sounds like um or some, it was either him or someone else who Trump had called and basically said, you have to like reverse that. You have to call it for me. <laughs> and they were like, no, you didn't win the state. We're not going to call it for you. But like, it sounds like since then, like the relationship between him and then and Fox News was just never the same, which is really ironic actually, because Fox News has been outspoken. Like <laughs> to say the least. Love. Yeah, to say the least, for their love for Trump for like the last how many years now. So it's just kind of ironic that like, he was just so mad about it that like, he had to call and be like, this is ridiculous. So yeah, no, very interesting. And you know, you know, it's bad when Fox News is like, dude, like, we can't twist this one. Like, sorry, bro. (laughs) Pretty bad. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I think that the another thing that was addressed in the hearing that I want to bring up really quickly was um, how much uh, the how much at fault the rioters were and how much at fault the president was. And that's very much so been a theme within the hearing is if, you know, the president, which is a very influential person, especially within the eyes of the American people, I think that like an uneducated citizen or maybe a little like naive of a citizen is going to trust what the president says. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like that's a pretty normal thing i guess and so if your president is telling you that you know this election was rigged and that the democratic process isn't working i mean like how much of a right do people have to actually protest that we bring up the declaration of independence which does um state that uh you know a government that is failing has the right to be altered or abolished and so um if these citizens under the pretense of the president truly believed that their government was failing them and democracy was, you know, uh, being threatened, how much of a right did they have to storm the Capitol? And it, it gets very nuanced and very interesting. And like, obviously, personally, I don't agree with January 6th, but, um, it's, 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 it, there's nuance. There's a lot of nuance that's, um, 
worth looking into. And I think that the hearings are definitely going to hopefully touch on that and like how much of this is really on Trump's hands and not the rioters, not that the rioters shouldn't be uh, apprehended and given, you know, right to a trial. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's very interesting. Yeah, uh, it's uh, legally, it's it's unlikely that Trump would be found criminally uh, like responsible or liable for this because the the laws we have in, in free speech are very protective of, of free speech the the important case here would probably be brandberg v ohio which states that for a law that criminalizes like uh inciting violence to be legal it has to be um it has to encourage like imminent lawless action and be likely to produce such action and the key word there's like imminent it has to be very very imminent and it's it would be hard to argue that anything that Trump said directly was calling for that, um, but that doesn't mean that he's not responsible for it, um, at all. It just means it's unlikely he would be held legally responsible for that. Um, and like you know, I absolutely agree. If you know, if he's saying you know, the the democratic process is corrupt, uh, we need to you know get down there, uh, uh, show them the what needs to be done. Um, there there are some some quotes that the pretty kind of that kind of implied violence. Um, it, it, it doesn't have to be that everyone there was like, oh yeah, we need to go violently storm there, the Capitol. Um, it has to be like a couple people and then like people do kind of like agree with that and go along with it. Um, it's like when we were talking about, um, gun violence in, in like the last episode, uh, it, it doesn't have to be that, you know, Tucker Carlson, you know, talking about the grace replace, replacement leads everyone in his audience to commit violence. It only has to be one or two people. Um, and then in a, in a mob situation, a lot of people are just kind of going to go along with the crowd. Um, people are like, Hey, the Capitol door's open. Let's go in. Um, it, it always, it kind of, it kind of escalates from there. Uh, so I absolutely do think that he's responsible in, in a lot of ways. Um, even if he's not going to be held legally responsible. I agree. Yeah. I think when you're in a position of power, your words have consequences and whether that's fair or not. It's very true because as we've seen from just January 6th, something that a president says or any official says, you know, people will take seriously because they trust that person. And so when you're, it's almost like if an official knows that something they're saying isn't true or that they're saying it to get what they want, it's really just a breach of trust because again, it's putting, I mean, not to not have blame on those people who are believing it, but it's like, I think a lot of those people just have so much trust in those people that they'll believe anything they say. And that's really scary. And I actually have a question for both of you. I have like two questions just based on oh, yes. So my first question is we heard a lot about uh, former vice president Pence um, in the hearings. Um, obviously there was a lot of people who supported president Trump who wanted to have, I mean, trigger warning here, this is very violent, but they wanted to have him, I'm going to put this in a non, I don't want to say it straight out, but they wanted him to be killed essentially in a certain way that is very violent and I want to know what you both think. Do you think, do you both think that you have more respect for Vice President Pence for actually having integrity and wanting to protect American democracy? Like, do you have respect for him? And part two, part two of that question, do you think if it had been someone else like Ted Cruz or Josh Howley that we would have had a different event take place on January 6th? That's interesting because I guess like my 
I do not, I really don't respect Pence. Like he's kind of an awful person and he's done a lot of stuff that I strongly disagree with. Um, and I don't think that I should be respecting him for doing the bare minimum. Like he's kind of like, yeah, democracy works. That's been established. Um, and so like, I guess good on him for not following the mob mentality, but it's also like, that is what I would like hope to expect from an elected official or like, I guess we didn't elect Pence, but like through Trump's, you, you know what I'm getting at. Um, it, It's like, yeah, like, I don't know. I guess I just, I don't want to applaud him for doing something that is kind of implied with the job. Um, and as for having an alternative outcome, or uh, with a, if like, if it was a different person in his place, uh, that's very hard to say because um, at the end of the day, I don't particularly think Pence did this because he's a good person. I think he probably realized that this could affect his career and, uh, you know, this could bring in legal action and, you know, stuff like that. And so, I think it's less about political ideology and more about him being smart and feeling like kind of wanting to play by the rules a little bit more. And I think that, um, you know, that it, 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 it would really depend on the person if they tend to be a little more pushy. I think specifically Ted Cruz, that might've been a different outcome. Um, but at the end of the day, I really think it was a, political choice that Pence made for like like hit like his career not I morally like disagree with this if that makes sense mm-hmm. sorry that was a long answer <laughs> no thank you yeah I, I I think Sam hit the nail on the head um you know I'm not I'm not a big Pence fan but I, I mean I do respect him for this but like I feel like most people should should have done what Pence did um like the the plan of Trump to like uh the plan was to like get him to say well uh, there's controversy about these, um, these electors. So I'm just gonna send it back to the states. It's just it's it's totally illegal. It has no basis in like American law, um, and he knew that like from from the get go. That was his gut intuition. He never moved off of that. So I mean, respect him for that. But I mean, not a ton else. Uh, if it had been someone else, <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> if there had been like a a a hardline like Trump loyalist in the in the vice presidency, we could have seen something like that. Um. It probably would have been rejected by the Supreme Court, but it 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 would have. I mean, there's no way to know like the full alternate history. Um, I I I imagine in the end, Biden probably still would have been inaugurated, but it it probably would have gone a lot differently had it been someone else. Yeah, I mean, I think you both explained it perfectly. I mean, I will say like I was having a conversation with my mom yesterday, and we were both just talking about how like we do not like Pence. We don't agree with his views. <laughs> But we appreciate him doing the right thing, which Sam, I do agree. I feel like it definitely has political, like it's more for his own political gain, but I appreciate him doing the right thing, which is just to do his job, which is the bare minimum, doing his job correctly and actually having integrity, um, which, you know, whatever the reasoning, like, I'm just glad that he did it. I don't think that makes me support him and I would not vote for him for president, but I appreciate him doing the right thing. Um, but at the same time, 
I think that if it was Ted Cruz, who has been, who was so like outwardly outspoken about how he thought the election was rigged and stolen, I think like stories that I think we still would have seen President Biden be inaugurated, but I think it would have been a a big difference in the process. And um, one one little funny thing before I ask my my last question is, we did see Senator Howley in D.C. and he was pretty famous with our group for being the uh, January 6th (laughs) supporter because I think he like saluted them or something when they were there. So we were all taking pictures of him. We're like, oh my gosh, look, like we're all making fun of him, which wait, was like, was that the dude that we were all Googling trying to figure out? Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Ella, was... Ella was like, let's take a shout out to Ella. Ella was like, let's take a selfie. We totally just took a picture of him. We're like, January sixth supporter. Yep. He was just getting like, a photo op right next to our group. <laughs> we were like, what? Um, my other question is I have I have very strong opinions about this question, but <laughs> um, how do you or what do you think January sixth either like revealed about american democracy or do you like or how do you think like do you think it was truly like a threat to american democracy because i know that's been like a really big thing in the news is like people really strongly saying this was a big threat like we would have had it lost like what do you both think about that okay i have thoughts i don't know um okay i'm just, I'm just gonna jump right into it i think that the implications are monumental but at the same time they are a bunch of like white majority men that like I don't know I feel like at the end of the day they are probably gonna like get away with it I guess but um yeah no I definitely think that the implications of it are huge because it was the first time in American history when there was not a peaceful transference of power um within like the the presidency um but like it do for clarification do you mean like if January 6th was successful or do or just like the action itself however you interpret it is totally fine like either way whatever like you want to speak on yeah 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 so uh I think that the I, I I think part of it can be hard to say because the it depends on how the hearing goes and how things go from here. But if Trump, um, you know, is not held to any legal standard or is not barred from running again, honestly, I could see this happening again. Like that sounds awful, but, um, you know, he kind of... I don't know. I just have a bad feeling about it. And I feel like people are going to end up getting away with it because the bar is so low. And I feel like they're going to present all these facts and they're going to be like, yeah, no, uh, Trump clearly incited this, but nothing's going to happen. Um, but as for its like current implications, yes, very important and interesting to American democracy. But at the end of the day, I feel like, like, it, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm not being very articulate, but like I feel like nothing would have changed that much, even if they went in. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Uh. I'm kind of go, gonna go back to to the day it actually happened because I remember it. Uh. I remember like I was. I decided. You know. Hey, I'll watch the certification just to see if anything happens. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. Something happened. I remember, <laughs> like, um, I was like, I was watching on the TV, 
Um, and I was like checking my phone and there was like a politics discord channel in one of the discord servers that I was in and people kept posting links like, uh, Trump supporters are protesting outside the Capitol. Yeah, that makes sense. Trump supporters are like trying to break in. Trump supporters have broken in. <laughs> and then like, um, I see like on the TV, they're like evacuating room. I'm like, Oh my God, like what's happening? Um, and like, as the day developed, I remember, I think my dad said, uh, well, I, you know, I don't know how, how big of a deal this is. And I was like, well, our Congress is literally in an undisclosed location right now. Um, it was, it was pretty scary. Like we didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and it's, to me, it's hard to imagine like a world in which the, the insurrection itself was successful at like overthrowing the government. Um, I, 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 it's hard to imagine that. Um, there's definitely like worse outcomes. Like maybe if they had caught someone and killed them, like a, a, a lawmaker, that, but I, I mean, I, I don't imagine the government would have fallen in, in any alternate history. Uh, what, what does scare me about the future though, is like what Sam said, it could happen again. Um, that there hasn't really been a significant shift in the Republican party's position. I think like the, I think a majority of Republicans still believe the election was stolen. Um, there's a significant amount that believe in, in QAnon. Um, it's like, like all the conditions are set up for it to happen again. Uh, I remember, like, I, I tried to call into C-SPAN that day, uh, and the line was busy, so I didn't, but, um, uh, but I, I probably would have said, like, I'm worried that this is going to happen again, um, because, like, all the conditions are still in place, uh, yeah, so, like, I don't know if, like, uh, the citizens could ever overthrow the government, I mean, maybe if you got enough of them together, but, like, well, like, what, like what could happen is like maybe it, it happens on a state legislature where a state legislature essentially gets taken over by a mob. Because, um, I mean, remember, I, on January 6th, it happened at a lot of state legislatures. There were, in, you know, in Oregon, um, there was actually a legislator that <laughs> that let uh, let people in, like open the gates and said, yeah, like, come on in. Um, and that guy was, I believe, he, I believe he's the only person to be expelled from the Oregon legislature ever. And it was like. <laughs> He was the only person that voted against it, so... Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just... Yeah, that's that's my thoughts. I'm worried that it could happen again, and that... Um, that it might... It might do more damage. The people... The, like, the... It seems like a lot of... A lot of uh, politicians are, are willing to... Um, ignore democracy if it supports their own ends. And I'm worried that that attitude could take more hold and that if those people gain more power then who knows what could happen yeah molly i'm interested to hear your thoughts because you said you had a lot of them so please I, share thank you i have like very strong opinions about this because i agree with both of you completely i don't think it would have overturned our democracy i think what i'm two things i'll try to keep it short <laughs> two i think it says a lot about how um, the united states is hypocritical because like we always hate on other countries about like not being democratic enough and like this and that and how like we're the only true democracy just like a lot of things that are very interesting that we're kind of called out in our own country because I think that we don't pay attention enough to how our own politics often are very backwards and messed up and I also think it's interesting because we've helped organize coups in other countries to overturn a government that we don't like um but then when it happens at home I don't know it's just it's very interesting to me like how American politics work and just how hypocritical we really are and like the lengths we'll go to to make other countries look bad, but like we want like other countries to like follow our example, like with how we're handling it. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that they're investigating it. I think that's important. 
but it's also like I just think it's interesting how much like we shame other countries but then like we don't like our democracy still has flaws like I just think it's important that like we don't sit here and act like oh like we're the only like real democracy like I don't know I just think that's very interesting but I also like really strongly agree with you both about the future because this reminds me so much of The Handmaid's Tale which if you have not read The Handmaid's Tale, it was set in like the early 2000s. It was written in, I think, 1980s. And it's about a futuristic, um, super religious Christian fundamentalist society in which women's only role and any, yeah, women's only role is to bear children. And they don't even get to raise those children. They have to give them up to, it's like a whole systematic thing. And men are the only ones in power. Um, If you are, part of any sort of group that doesn't align with the Christian fundamentalists, you would be killed or I think sent out, or you would do like pretty awful, like, like little jobs. Like you would go farm. Um, I, I don't know. There was a lot of different, like little nitpicky things about the book. I definitely recommend reading it. It's very interesting, but to me, what's scary is every single day when things like when January 6th happened, that's immediately what I thought of is we're moving backwards is what's scary because the people that did storm the Capitol and that were there are the same people who might have some of those backwards beliefs. And what scares me is like you both said, if it happens again, like let's say they did succeed. Let's say that Trump was able to call victory because I did hear in the, in the one documentary how he was like, they were saying Trump might've been able to say he was able to win um, because um, I think it was something about how, like, because both se- sessions of Congress, like, were adjourned because of what was going on, like, he could say, like, oh, there's no order, so, like, I'm going to call victory because, like, there's no order going on, or something weird along Yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, yeah I, I get you, I get you. <laughs> okay, good. And I was like, that scares me, because, like, if these people had their way, some of them would want Trump and his family to be, like, basically the monarchy, and they, I don't know, I just think it's super terrifying. And I just, like you both said, I don't think it would have cost our democracy and all of the scary stuff, but I think implications for the future are terrifying. And like, I would never want to live in a country that was like a Christian fundamentalist society, like where white supremacy is like a norm. That's just not okay. And I think that whether you think my take is a little like extreme or not, I think that I do see parallels though with like that one book and kind of where our country is right now because in the in the book and in the show there's a lot of kind of our society now being portrayed as like what it was before that happened so I just think it's really scary and like I don't want to scare people that's just like something that's always in the back of my head I'm like this is very scary because like some of these people who do have extreme beliefs like will probably continue and maybe even do it again in 2024. I guess yeah. we'll see. but yeah if either of you have anything to add totally do and if not I can transition yeah. to my next yeah, uh, yeah. I, I do, do you, oh sorry were you gonna say something story yeah I was I was gonna say like you know one of the big pieces of evidence that that it could happen again is that um is how the Republican Party voted on the com- committee and commission there was a, a the initial idea was to have an independent commission like similar to a 9-11 commission that was like it was it was not related to, to politics at all just independent people and the Republicans all rejected that. So we're like, all right, we'll do like a partisan committee. Um, and only two Republicans voted to, to join it. It was uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinster. And they were they both ended up being on the committee. Um, so it's just like, yeah, like, don't look at this. Like, 
the guy that was like the head of our party, like uh, uh, led a, a group of people to to try and overturn the results of an election, um, and we're just not going to look into it. Um, so, so so that that worries me. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think what's even more like interesting on that is that uh, the two senators that were Republicans uh, that are on the committee had been um, pretty vocally uh, like disapproving of Trump before January 6th. So um, it's like Republicans and Trump are have kind of called it a witch hunt because, you know, it's all just Democrats out to get them. And then Republicans refuse a nonpartisan approach and then refuse a partisan approach. So it's definitely interesting. And kind of building off, I wanted to address what Molly said about um, the parallels to The Handmaid's Tale. Um, it's definitely very uh, interesting because the, like, the build up to what created like the society that was established in that book is definitely very similar the book has been criticized for being like white centric uh, or like uh, kind of like fueling this idea of like the oppression of just white women um but i, I kind of want to link that with january 6th um and how like if you look at the approach of maybe how the BLM protests were viewed versus how January 6th was viewed by Republicans, it's sickening. And I want to make it clear that like, you know, obviously, uh, I guess like content warning for just like anxiety and stress about the country, but people of color, especially black and indigenous people of color, are going to be very targeted if we have a situation like January 6th again. And like, God forbid it is successful. And we do have this like um, Christian fundamentalist governmental takeover. Um, but yeah, no, like, like we saw with um, the protests two summers ago, um, like, I know in Portland, they sent out the National Guard for people protesting. And like, it, it was it was very, very contentious when statistically, most of the uh, violence was caused by police or right-wing counter-protesters. There was very, very little um, violence or destruction caused by um, BLM or Black organizers or anything like that. Um, and so... You see this approach where it isn't about um, maintaining order or, um, you know, ensuring peace at all. It is very much so about ideology. And yes, we do have this hearing uh, and this committee that is addressing the happenings of January 6th. But at the end of the day, if that was a BLM protest that was storming the Capitol, you know that it would absolutely have ended differently and the consequences would have been vastly different um and so yeah no i guess it's it's just all layers of disheartening yeah um sorry and i was just gonna say is like is there anyone want to give any final thoughts on on january 6th because i know we we had another topic we wanted to talk about and i have to be i have to be done in like 15 so yeah, let's 
let, let us move on to our next topic. Okay, perfect. So the next topic that we wanted to touch on is, so USA Today um, conducted a poll and it sounds like it was all about Biden's approval rate. And 39% of Americans currently approve of the job that President Biden is doing. But what we thought was really interesting is that 47% of Americans um, strongly disagree with the job that he is doing and disprove. So we just thought we would kind of touch on that and maybe some of the reasoning behind that, as well as just like an overview on the American presidency. Yeah, for sure. So I think um, we were talking about this before. Just a second. So we were talking about uh, this before, but approval ratings are very interesting because a lot of times it is going to be like it's just going to be partisan. Like you're going to approve or disapprove however you voted, um, and then people who did vote for Biden, then you, again, you have that approval, disapproval of if he's living up to expectations. But what I think is difficult and probably why his approval rating is not as high as like previous presidents, I don't know, I don't know the approval rating of previous presidents, but um, Biden has taken this approach that is kind of centrist and he is, he's pretty much trying to waver this uh growing divide that we have between left and right and so instead of being a like super leftist president coming after a super right-wing president um he's kind of taking this more like centrist democrat approach which obviously doesn't appease most of the people on the right but then you have um people on the left who also don't approve of what he's doing because it's not radical enough or he's taking things that aren't like are a little bit suspicious. Um, and uh, I think what is difficult is more and more people on the left are starting to just disapprove of like America in general, which, you know, like kind of as they should, you know, being a little bit disillusioned with the country. And so it doesn't matter who the president is, they're going to be upset because the system inherently causes problematic things, if that makes sense. And so, you know, Biden might be passing legislature or not, I guess he doesn't do that, but like, but like supporting legislature and uh, doing executive orders that people may agree with, but generally are disapproving of the presidency. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the big reason often cited for why, especially for why, especially right-wing people don't like, don't approve of Biden is inflation and the economy. Um, and I, you know, I, I agree with what a lot of Sam said. Um, there's a lot of things that, that I think Biden has, has not done that he said he would, that I think he should have. Um, but like when it comes to like inflation and gas prices, the president has very little control over those things. Um, because the president doesn't have the power to make laws. Congress has the power to do that. Um, the president doesn't have the power to, to raise interest rates. Uh, the Federal Reserve has the power to do that. And they just did, by the way. They raised interest rates by about 0.75%, which is probably going to reduce a lot of the inflation, uh, which was most economists saw as mostly transitory anyway um, because of uh, supply shifts. Um, basically, like, uh, uh, the the... It wasn't necessarily like a, a there's there's a, a term for this that is 
forgetting my mind. It's, it's like supply pull inflation, where basically if supply is really low, um, prices go up, uh, which is why we're seeing a lot of inflation. Um, and the, it's probably going to, the inflation rate at least is going to go down by the end of the year. Uh, and the Fed raising interest rates is proven historically to be one of the best ways to do that. And they just did that. So, and the Federal Reserve, just in case you guys don't know, is it operates independently of the government. Um, a lot of, like some of the officers believe the head of the Federal Reserve is appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate, but it, it operates independently. Um, so yeah, um, the, the economy, it's, it's obviously not doing as well as it could right now. Um, but actually like if you look at, um, a lot of other countries, the U S has actually rebounded from the recession due to COVID pretty well. Um, and you know, it could be better, but there's not a ton that the president can do to do that. And a lot of people I think, don't know how much control the president really has over the economy. So they kind of just associate it with him. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. I guess my like quick thought on um, the uh, approval rate. Um, again, I agree with what my colleagues have said um, is that, you know, people are going to vote on these polls based on how they understand politics. Like story said, if it has to do with economics or interest rates, people are going to associate whatever they associate with the president when they are um, choosing a position on these polls. So it's just, it's interesting because people who maybe don't understand politics as well or don't follow the news as closely or understand just how economics work or whatnot may vote differently than they would if they did have an understanding of certain things. So I just think that's like super interesting to keep in mind when you are looking at these polls. Again, you don't have to like President Biden or not like him. It's just um, kind of something to think about when you are looking at these numbers. Yeah, for sure. And I think that like just something quick that I, I think is worth addressing is specifically with regards to inflation, Biden has been blamed, especially from people on the right for gas prices, um, which is very silly to me um, because, um, you know, gas started to become more expensive due to um, the war in Ukraine, which I know we've discussed in previous episodes. Um, but then if you look on top of that, gas companies have had a 300% increase in profits since like 2020 or since the war in Ukraine. I forget exactly the timeline, but you know, if the gas companies are profiting more, it's, you know, it's not exactly <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it was like, oh, it's, it's the war or the, or, or the president is just making gas prices high, but it's, it's the gas companies at the end of the day, it's gas companies um, wanting to make a profit. So we can blame good old capitalism for that one. <laughs> All right, so I kind of wanted to give like a quick primer on inflation um, for those that don't really know what it is. It's generally like the price is generally equal to the price times the quantity of goods and services produced uh, is the same as the, the quantity, the amount of money in the economy times the velocity of that money. And the velocity of that money is basically like how fast it gets spent. So like um, and usually like the velocity of money is higher uh, when people are spending things more. So um, inflation can... Uh, be caused essentially by a decrease in the velocity of money or by an increase in the quantity of money in an economy. Uh, and there's lots of different ways that that can happen. Um, 
but like uh, the Federal Reserve broadly has the power to control how much money is in an economy, um, either by like uh, uh, doing like quantitative easing where they buy um, stocks to increase the amount of money in the economy, which is what they did uh, during COVID to increase that. Because sometimes you actually do want a level of inflation um, because it's good in recessions. But if it gets too much, like it's, it's bad. Um, and like now what they're doing is raising interest rates, which essentially is going to take money out of the economy, which will reduce inflation. Um, and what a lot of economists believe is causing the inflation that we're experiencing now is that decrease in the velocity of money because of supply shortages and because um, of COVID, people like just weren't spending as much. So inflation. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you for that cover. I honestly didn't understand inflation for a very long time i still barely understand inflation so thank you for that educational tidbit <laughs> i don't think i even fully do either there's there's not a ton of people that do it's a very <laughs> like like abstract yeah. idea the only person i know who like genuinely understands inflation and the economy is my cousin because he is like basically working in the banking accounting whatever industry we say I'm a Philistine this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he's like the only person, like whenever I hear him talk, I'm just like lost. I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. Please, yeah. please, if Thank you're listening, you, tell me if I said anything dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to text and be like, go listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you both so much for all of your perspectives today. I had such a great time talking with y'all as always. And I'm hoping that everybody listening got a better understanding of January 6th, inflation, um, the approval rates, everything we talked about. And I feel like this was a very informative episode. So thank you. Yes, thank you. We have a couple of special ones coming up. I don't want to talk too much about them. Um, But yeah, they're going to be good. So stay tuned. Yes. Sunset out.